All right, welcome to another episode of the Go With John Show. Today we have Alan Warren with us. He's with MLO Media and Geophenom. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thanks for having me, John. Great. So, Alan, today I'm really excited that you're here. And I got a big, you can hear the paper in my hand, which I don't normally have, but I've got a big list of questions. And I'm excited to talk to you about social media marketing. I think it's going to be the primary uh, topic today, but we're going to talk about whatever you want. Sure. Uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, where did you come from, and how did you get into uh, social media marketing? Got it. Uh, I am a resident of the Severna Park area, have lived there for better part of 20 plus years, uh, worked in DC for the Washington Post for nearly 15 years, and gained a lot of experience working with some of the best in the industry. Uh, from an ad tech standpoint, the Washington Post had its hands on more technology than many other companies at the time and was able to help pioneer and build that business. And after 15 years, decided to go to the agency side where we had, uh, for the first time, sort of a level playing field where we had all the technology that some of these big publishers might have at the time mm -hmm. and brought that into our agency. And then... Uh, was a partner with an ad uh, agency called Ads Intelligence for about five years and then went out on my own uh, about four and a half years ago uh, and created MLO Media, which is a full service digital marketing agency. So we work with clients on SEO, SEM, social, programmatic display, geofencing, native, uh, video, you name it, we mm -hmm. do it. Um, and so we currently have a staff of about six people mm -hmm. and uh, some of the best digital marketing experts in the, in the industry. And uh, we work with a variety of clients. Uh, other ad agencies use, utilize our services. Mm -hmm. uh, we work with a lot of builders, uh, real estate companies, mm -hmm. uh, automotive, retail, colleges, universities, government agencies. Mm -hmm. So we have a really diverse portfolio of clients that we work with. Outstanding. So what is your, you know, obviously you're here to share a lot of great information with us today um, and, and we appreciate that, but you're also would like to potentially pick up clients. So what's the ideal kind of client for your firm? So it, it varies. We work with uh, a hybrid of types of clients. So whether it's a big company that's looking for brand awareness and mm -hmm. lead generation, e-commerce is something that we've worked with a lot. Um, I like to think that we work really closely with small to mid-sized businesses. Right. And how do you define that? Uh, you know, it could be a retail shop that has one location. It could mm -hmm. be a mid-sized company that has 10 to 20 locations. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. And so uh, we cater to those clients that have probably smaller budgets to mm -hmm. work with, but they need to make good use of how they spend those dollars. Maximize value. Maximize your value. Yes. Great. Great. All right. So what is, uh, so, so where do we even begin? Because in, in preparation of, of, you know, chatting with you today, my team and I sat down and we were coming up with, I got two pages of questions here. And, uh, you know, a lot of people think social media marketing is just going on Facebook and posting some stuff and hopefully you get some leads and talking to people. So from, from your perspective, what is social media marketing? How would you sum it up? Well, I think there's two ends to it. So one is, you know, how companies are utilizing it from their own resources to explain who they are, what they do, uh, and, and to create an audience base that they have mm -hmm. uh, to reach out to on a given 
day and talk about themselves. Right. Uh, I think the other part is the paid part of social media where you are actually utilizing the tools that Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok mm-hmm. have available for you and to be able to maximize that to reach potential clients. Right. right? And, and to utilize those platforms to move the needle in terms of leads and mm-hmm. sales or whatever the, the objective is. So um, before we start with any client, we sit down and we talk about, you know, what are the goals? What are the objectives? Sometimes a lot of companies will miss the mark on what they're trying to accomplish. You know, mm-hmm. they want brand awareness, but they, at the end of the day, and real estate's a great example of this. All the realtors say, I want to be the resident expert of this neighborhood or this area. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they want leads. They want right. they want buyers and sellers. Right. And so it's how do you strategically put together a marketing campaign digitally mm-hmm. that helps them to achieve that? And so the old adage, you know, I know 50% of my marketing works and 50% of it doesn't. Uh, I just don't know which way. Right. Yeah. And, and so what the great thing about digital marketing is it's very quantitative. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what you got from an impression standpoint, how many clicks, mm-hmm. how many people went to your website, what they did on your website, mm-hmm. and did they actually convert to a lead? And if they didn't, you know, what are those uh, actions that need to take place, those optimizations that need to take place to get them into being a lead? Right. And so the the morphous of MLO media, MLO stands for machine learning optimization. Okay. And so what we do on a daily basis is we have campaigns running and my team every morning has a check-in with me and we look at campaigns, how they're performing, and then we make suggestions on what optimizations need to be made. And Mm -hmm. so think about hundreds of clients that we go through on a daily basis to look at how we're performing and how we can improve mm-hmm. and that's sort of our motto um and and it's and from a social perspective which was the original question um i think there's a hybrid of how people are utilizing social media mm-hmm. uh the rules of engagement have changed dramatically for facebook mm-hmm. and instagram over, over what time period over i would say the last two and a half years okay and so where Facebook used to be a really good targeting tool for uh, advertisers that wanted to focus on really niche geographic areas, mm-hmm. you now have a 15-mile radius right. that you have to uphold to. And that might not be applicable to a, a local restaurant or a, a local store mm-hmm. that really wants to focus on a mile radius. Right. And so there becomes a lot of waste and uh, your message gets diluted a little bit that way. Right. So. We have found that geofencing has become uh, a better way to reach those niche markets. Mm-hmm. And so, so now you're going to have to explain geofencing. Yeah. <laughs> so geofencing is a, a really cool technology that allows you to just that, put a virtual fence around just about anything. So you can do it around a building. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about a realtor who's having an open house on a weekend and they want to geofence the location of the open house. And then they may want to geofence the neighborhood that it's in. Right. When a prospect or somebody that has a mobile device walks through that virtual fence, we actually capture their mobile ID. Oh my goodness. (laughs) From that point, we can message them 
with uh, display advertising on different apps that they might be in. And right. So it could be uh, talking about the home that is uh, for the open house. Right. Or it could be talking about, you know, let's say that you went to a restaurant and you um, got 10% off your next meal. You know, mm -hmm. we, we can message to those people with those messages. Uh, where geofencing gets even better is because we know that they went through that virtual fence, we're now tracking them on their mobile device. They have their mobile device tethered to their tablet and their desktop. Long after they left that zone that we mm -hmm. were virtually fencing, we're still messaging that person for the next 30 days. Wow. So think about- That's kind of scary. I mean, it's- uh... It's scary, but it, it's, it, it's autonomous because we don't know- their identity, we've right. captured the mobile ID, sure, um, and we're able to message that person. So the best way I could describe what geofencing does is uh, if you if you look at 1.0, which was direct mail, and I am gonna put these uh, postcards in the mail. To, oh, I used to sit every night and put right? labels on postcards for decades of my life. Yeah. So think about how much waste is there. Yep. The cost of a piece is yep. you know anywhere from fifty cents to a dollar. Yep. And you're sticking these in the mail with the hopes that somebody's going to look at your message. Right. We used to say we hope they glimpse at it while it's on the way to the trash. That's right? exactly That was right. our, our uh, dialogue. Yep. So what geofencing allows us to do is reinforce what that messaging would have been mm -hmm. in a postcard to somebody in these neighborhoods, but to be able to constantly uh, have repetition and in have this message served over and over to this person within that area. Right. So it becomes a much more cost-effective way to reach your top prospects. Mm -hmm. um, and then the the benefit of geofencing is once that message has been received, somebody captures it on their mobile device, they actually receive the ad. They maybe went to your website, maybe they didn't, mm -hmm. but we can actually count when that person comes through your conversion zone, which might've been that open house or it wow. might've been that restaurant. So we know the foot traffic that we're getting from these individuals as well. Right, right. Yeah. That is, that's total geek zone right there. I mean, you're yeah. in, you're in deep with the, uh, with the, with the tracking and the technology that's available today. That's amazing. I, I guess tracking is not the right word. Uh, capturing and communicating would be the, probably the right way to say it. Yeah, uh, geofencing is is interesting and it sort of morphed. So we became a preferred vendor to some of the largest brokerages in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And over time, uh, we were getting inundated with a lot of realtors asking us to come up with different strategies for their mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. And about a year and a half ago, uh, I got together with a partner of mine. Uh, silent partner. And we said, what if we built out this technology on a website where they could actually come in, they could put in the zone that they wanted to target. It would pull up that address so we could geofence specifically that area. Mm -hmm. And then they could pick, you know, points of interest mm -hmm. and it automatically would highlight those points of interest. If they wanted to upload their own addresses, they could upload their own addresses. Right. Um, and it became a very sophisticated way for us to target individuals that were looking for uh, a low cost, but efficient and effective way to reach their top prospects. Mm -hmm. And so I got together with a, a geospatial engineer, and I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, and he, Presented the concept to him. We were going to have him man the project and reach out to vendors that could potentially do this. And over a weekend, 
he came back to me and he was just like, I figured it out. Oh, that's amazing. And he put this technology together and thus Geophenom was born. And over the last year and a half, we've been fine tuning the website. So you can actually go into the website. You can pick the zones that you want to target. There's an ad creator right there. So you can build your own ad or mm -hmm. you can import your own ad. Mm -hmm. And then you select a couple of different packages that you might want, mm -hmm. or you can reach out to us and customize it. And mm -hmm. so uh, we really tailored this towards small business because mm -hmm. we feel like there's uh, a barrier to entry in terms of a financial obligation. Right. And so for as little as 400 and I think it's $95, you can run a really robust campaign each mm -hmm. month and, wow. and you can actually see some results for what wow. you're investing in. Wow. That's so, amazing. Yeah. So that's we look amazing. at everything in terms of return on ad spend. So yep. ROAS is a term that we use in the industry. And my team looks at that daily to make sure that we're hitting those key marks. So, Amazing. So yeah. six people on your team. Six people. So is this something exclusive to you or are there other, do you have competitors in this space? In there the are competitors in this space. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, I don't know that every, anybody's doing it the same way that we're utilizing. As well as you're doing it. Yeah. Right. And so, so we really um, pride ourselves on that and, you know, um, Speak about the pandemic a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, you look at pandemics coming up and nobody knew what was going to happen. My first thought, I'm a small business. I've been in business for about two years. Are people going to stop paying their bills? Mm -hmm. Are people going to stop advertising? Right. And overnight, we just got busier and busier because people still had a need to reach people, but they right. had to do it in a different way. Yeah. And, and digital marketing became a way for them to do that. Yeah. I also found that uh, during this time frame, it was easier to attract new talent. Mm -hmm. So the idea of having somebody come to an office and working anymore wasn't necessarily the case. So I have employees that live in Alabama, Denver, mm -hmm. uh, Baltimore, mm -hmm. D.C., uh, had one employee that was a, a great employee and she was like, I'm going to work in Costa Rica for the next three months. So uh, the pandemic enabled us to recruit better talent. And, mm -hmm. and so we have some of the best digital marketing experts in the business right now. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So how do you handle the, um, um, I'm going to shift gears on you sure. for a second and then we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and I want to get back into the kind of the social media aspect of our conversation today. So how do you handle the remote working, um, aspect of your business now? Because we're, our team is, uh, our company is about, my team is about the same size as your company. We have five on our team and we're in California, Richmond. And uh, ironically, we're actually recording today in my old office uh, at Long and Foster and McLean. And Nick, our engineer, is out in the hallway um, um, working away. And his desk used to be right here for until the pandemic hit. This is where we were. And then when COVID came along, we we all scattered and we're struggling with kind of, you know, when you're all together in a room, and you can just talk when something pops into your head. There's a totally different vibe when you're all online all the time. And you've got to say, hey, let's all get in a meeting and talk about this or that. How do you handle the remote working aspect of your business now? So to be completely honest, it was a learning curve for me because I'm used to having that environment where something pops up and you just walk out and, yeah. and you tap somebody on the shoulder and say, Hey, you know, we need to respond to this or yeah. we need to do this. Um, 
in my business, we started doing a, a morning huddle. Mm-hmm. So every morning we start off with a huddle. We talk about what the agenda is for the day, what objectives we have to accomplish for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go over my schedule and make myself available to the team however they see fit. Uh, one of the things that we really pride ourselves on at MLO Media and Geophenom is I stole this from another company, but it, it applies well with any company. And we have a one in 24 uh, rule. Mm-hmm. And the one in 24 rule means you have one hour to respond to an email or any phone calls that somebody uh, had submitted. And you have 24 hours to come up with whatever that solution is for whatever the question was that they had. Mm-hmm. And we really pride ourselves on being responsive. Um, so is that to clients or is that to internal communication? Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. So, so you know, it makes sure that everybody's engaged, that they're checking in on a, on a regular basis. Um, the other thing that we started doing was... And outside of doing huddles, we do a Thursday recap, and and this is really talking about success stories. So trying to build the the camaraderie within the team, things that uh, have been troubling somebody, or or maybe there's a, a, a campaign that's not performing the way that we would like. Mm-hmm. Getting everybody in a room or on a Teams meeting right. to discuss, you know, what are the strategies that you're implementing? Um, how how can we improve on it? Uh, what are the things that you've had success with and sharing these stories with the team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that might involve a little wine or a beer right. at 430 <laughs> in the afternoon. And so we do these virtual happy hours now. Oh, that's great because nobody has to drive home because they're Nobody's already home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, and I think the most difficult part for any employer or uh, company is how do you build that culture and camaraderie in a virtual mm-hmm. environment? Right. And so we try to, at least meet um, on a quarterly basis and get everybody together and, right. and break bread. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's a different world. And my team loves working remotely. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think it would be beneficial to have everybody in house, but mm-hmm. at the same time, they are much more efficient, you know, working on their own schedules. Mm-hmm. That's so. good. That's Those are great tips and that's great advice. And we appreciate you uh, sharing that with us. All right, we're with Alan Warren. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back uh, more with this uh, conversation uh, with Alan on social media marketing. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. We are still with Alan Warren talking about social media marketing, geofencing, and what else are we talking about? Uh, remote working uh, policies. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so everything. Yeah, Alan, so welcome back. So so during the break, you uh, mentioned to me that everybody has the attention of a goldfish right now. So what did you mean by that? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I think uh, people are just saturated with messaging all the time and mm-hmm. you have a very limited amount of time to get in front of somebody with a message mm-hmm. and have it resonate right and so you know we we look at it in terms of whether it's digital ad placements that we're running video ads you have really less than seven seconds to capture somebody's attention uh, and you think about it in somebody's daily routine they might have the tv on in the background mm-hmm. they're on their phone, looking at social, right? they're very distracted. right? And so from a mes- messaging standpoint, there's a lot of clutter. right? And so you really have a very limited time to capture somebody's attention, but you have to do it effectively. And that means you have to have a really strong call to action or mm-hmm. a really strong message that you're getting in front of that person. 
Right. So how do you, I, I guess where, you know, in my mind, so I have some experience in this field, mm -hmm. where would you, where would you start? So would you start on or Facebook or let's talk about how to use Facebook, Instagram and the various uh, tools. What, a, how would you use these tools most effectively? Yeah, I think it, uh, and everybody's seen sort of what a sales funnel looks like, right? Right. And so we hope. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think the, the there's at the top of that funnel, you have awareness, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have intent. Yeah. Somebody that's intending to, to make a purchase or to uh, have interest in whatever the messaging is that you're offering. And then at the end of it, you have somebody that's uh, raising their hand and they, they're asking for you to call on them or they've asked for more information. Right. And so I think that all the platforms that we utilize have their their purpose. So for instance, uh, for awareness, I think like social media and programmatic display and video, you mm -hmm. know, are, are really good at building awareness for somebody. And at the end of the day where uh, still reigns king is paid search. Mm -hmm. So somebody's typed in an exact term looking for a home for a million dollars in McLean. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're raising their hand saying, please contact me. I'm looking for something that you have to offer. Right. And and so it's all these steps and utilizing these platforms to get to that person that's actually going to convert to a lead if that's the goal. Right. And, and so, you know, depending on what the metric is or what the objective is, you know, it could be I want to be, you know, uh, the resident expert in McLean, Virginia, and I want to brand myself as much as I can to the neighborhoods that I want to be that resident expert in. Right. And so um, social media and programmatic and SEO, SEM all have to play together. Uh, I always talk about it as being a concert, right? Right. And, and you have, you know, all these instruments within that concert and in this orchestra rather, and you need them all playing together to get to the outcome. Right. And so, you know, for instance, uh, any anybody that's running a, a, a digital marketing campaign, there are a couple things that you should be able to see when you're running a digital marketing campaign. Um, let's say that you're running a social campaign. Uh, how many impressions did I get? How much interest did I get? Did people like my page? Did mm -hmm. they ask for a lead? Mm -hmm. But how is that impacting the other parts of my business, my organic search, my direct traffic to my website. Right. And so all these things should show indicators of moving traffic up to your website because you're creating more awareness, you're reaching mm -hmm. more people mm -hmm. and, and you're offering them genuinely something that is a differentiator for your business or mm -hmm. service. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so you're saying the best way to bring in business is through paid search. I think it is, uh, depending on the industry, Yep. So so let's talk about the paid search versus mm -hmm. the orchestra, right? Yep. So how do you how do you recommend using Facebook and Instagram and what other what other services are there that you think people should be on? Are there other places other than Facebook and Instagram and Google where people should be having a footprint on the net? Yeah, I mean there's all different types of platforms that you can run on. I, I think like streaming video, streaming audio, yeah. It has become very popular as more people are downloading podcasts. Right. So is that YouTube and podcasts? <laughs> YouTube podcasts. Okay. Um I, I think that uh there's all types of channels within that. You have Spotify, you have uh think about OTT and CT 
V. Yeah. So over the top is OTT. Yeah. And it becomes a very cost effective way to run streaming video before segments on Hulu or, or um, any of the other channels that are available out there. Right. Right. Um, and, and so there's a, there's a myriad of different ways to get the message out there. Uh, what we tend to do is uh, cast a, a big web, right? So we might be doing some social, we'll be doing some OTT, CDV, programmatic display, um, paid search, Google Display Network. And what we're trying to look for is where are we getting the best results at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. And then what... And it's going to be different for different businesses, right? Totally it's not going different. to be a one shoe fits all. Right. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is uh, over time, you start uh, moving some of those budgets to the areas where you're getting the better results. Right. right. And so uh, one month it might be Facebook and we're getting a, a ton of traction and leads from Facebook. And mm -hmm. the next month it might be Google uh, Display or um, even Google Search. Right. The thing I, I love about Google Search is it still holds true that you're matching keyword terms to people that are in market for what you have to offer. Right. Right. And so they're raising their hand saying, I want what you have. Right. And so you want to be visible there every time somebody does a search for that. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and, and so that's like the low hanging fruit, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. All the other thing is we're trying to persuade them or convince them to get to that point. Right. 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 Yeah. That makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, and, and I think that uh, social still has its place. I just think that uh, there's a lot of clutter when it comes to that. There is. Yeah, there, there certainly is. And so, you know, one of the questions that comes up in our organization is how, let's just talk about Facebook for a minute and, mm -hmm. and social media engagement. You know, putting a post out there on Facebook and boosting it and then versus having engagement and actually communicating with people. And I'll just add one more layer to my question. It's like a four part question. Sure. Getting likes. So what works on Facebook? What's important on Facebook? How do you maximize your efforts that you put into Facebook? So I think boosting is important uh, when you have good content. I think uh, the best social is when you have questions that you engage consumers with mm -hmm. people so that are pop a question up on Facebook. How do what, what, how, how do you like the way this house looks or what's your favorite feature of this house or something like that? Do you, you know, uh, color schemes, uh, yeah. uh, finishes, you know, gold's like the new finish. Right. right. And that seems very 1970 ish, to yeah. me. <laughs> but it's back. Right. Right. And, and yeah. so it's, uh, but you know, people want to make decisions and they want to have an opinion. And, right. And so I think, you know, the more, uh, leading sort of questions to get engagement are better. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I, I think that like campaigns uh, are sort of old, but still necessary because you want people to uh, be engaged with your message and right. your site uh, on Facebook. And yep. so, you know, it's still important to have those likes. Yeah. Um, so, but there's liking your page mm -hmm. and then there's liking a post. Correct. So when you have a post that you have out there, if people don't like it, does that mean anything anymore, or uh, what's the impact of that? Yeah, I, I think that it's a good barometer on you know the messaging and mm -hmm. whether it, it came across as stale or you know whether it's something that really resonates with somebody. Um, I, I think the the key to that is uh, always do A B testing, right? right? Always be testing, and so we do that with our video. We do that with 
every display ad that we run, we do it with text ads. Right. Um, and, and so what you're constantly doing and where digital marketing becomes the efficient way to do it is you can afford to test. Mm -hmm. Whereas, a mm -hmm. uh, great example, uh, a, a lot of big agencies that have, you know, big <coughs> top 100 companies under their portfolio utilize the web to test video creative before they go to the networks and start mm -hmm. making those million dollar buys because right. you can figure out really quickly which ones are resonating with people and which ones are going to move the needle and get the most attention or the mm -hmm. most awareness. Mm -hmm. uh, the same is true for a small business where we'll take several different messages, we'll test them, and the one that wins is the one that we go with. Right. And, and then you start to engage with your prospects that way. Mm -hmm. and, and and then you constantly need to be refreshing creative uh, when or content right. when you're doing social uh, advertising or posts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. So how, how, uh, how often should you post on social media is another question that comes up, I think, frequently in our yeah. team. And, and I, so if you think about what social media is there for, it's for people to share memories and, mm -hmm. and actions that are going on in their daily lives, right? And, and there's a lot of clutter from companies that are out there because they want to be in front of these consumers mm -hmm. because either they're a part of the community or uh, they're trying to attract you to purchase something or, mm -hmm. or to utilize your services. Um, I'm not an over poster. I, I feel like mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of people that are out there posting several times a day. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that you will inundate your your fan base a little bit if mm -hmm. you do it too much. Right, right. I would rather have a couple pieces of content a week mm -hmm. that are uh, of substance mm -hmm. and present it that way. Have an item of value. Have an item of value. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I think the more value, and, and face it, uh, you know, the, the people that we're trying to reach are smart. Mm -hmm. And you got to respect the fact that they're smart. And mm -hmm. the, the more... Uh, engage the content can be the more value you bring in terms of the content you you bring to them mm -hmm. the more engagement you'll get and 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 I, I think that uh, there's a tendency to over post on Facebook mm -hmm. and some of my friends do it yeah um, yeah and and sometimes you have to hide them for a couple months right you know but right, right, right. but I also think that it's important to have consistency uh, with anything that you're doing um, but I, I think three to four posts a week yeah. are more than enough. Yeah, it's funny. You know, we we know we interview. We're always interviewing folks at our at our team, and we interview a lot of people that are you know so called social media experts. And I would say, overwhelmingly, when we ask them how often should you post, it's uh, it's in how many times a day, not how many times a week, is how the answer comes back. So uh, it's interesting. It's uh, my philosophy. Yeah, uh, I, I think I align with what you're saying more than what I think. I don't, I don't know if I want to call it the industry standard, but certainly yeah. the uh, chatter out there among people who claim to be digital marketing experts think that um, you, you should be doing it multiple times a day. But uh, and, that's and a lot. And God bless them. You know, yeah, exactly. it's, it's, to develop that much content on a regular basis. But right. I, I think that I want to create meaningful content that's going to resonate with who I'm trying to speak to. Yeah. And, and, and respect their time. And, exactly. You yeah. Know, and so, you know, if you're inundating people with messages daily, 
uh, I think it gets lost. Yeah, I agree. All right. So in wrapping up our conversation today, is there anything else that you want to add to what we've chatted about? Did we miss anything? I don't think so. I, I think it's, you know, the one thing that I would say uh, about digital marketing as a whole is it constantly changes. Mm-hmm. And my team sits at the forefront uh, and is constantly learning as we go, mm-hmm. as things are changing. Mm-hmm. You know, you and I talked during the break, uh, Google's algorithms change quarterly. Right. right. And so that's a moving, you know, mark there. Right. I think the the rules of engagement with Social channels has changed for the better, in my opinion, from a consumer, um, not so much from a digital marketing perspective, just Mm -hmm. the limitations on some of the targeting that was available or are no longer available. Right. Um, And and I I think that, uh, you know, what I would want to leave with is, uh, you know, we're here to help small and mid-sized businesses grow, Mm -hmm. uh, whatever that might look like for that individual. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't take a cookie cutter approach to how we do business. We look at everybody's goals and objectives and try to formulate a plan that meets what their strategic goals are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great thing about digital, like I mentioned, is very quantifiable, right? Right. So you know what you get at the end of the day. Uh, you just need a good partner that has their finger on the pulse that mm-hmm. treats your business the way that you want to treat it mm-hmm. uh, and are coming up with good ideas that will help you reach those objectives or those sales goals. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So tell us about a little bit about each, give us just your elevator pitch on each one of the companies you have. Sure. So MLO Media is sort of the the parent company of Geophenom. And MLO is a full service digital marketing firm. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have in-house creative, uh, so we can build websites and uh, digital ads. Uh, We have a full team of digital marketing managers that help create strategies, help concept budgets for clients that don't have budgets and uh, implement those campaigns on their their behalf. (coughs) Excuse me. And Geophenom sort of morphed as I got more involved with uh, real estate, actually, uh, when we became the preferred partner to a a couple of these big brokerages. I was doing hundred calls a week with different realtors all over the country mm-hmm. talking about what they really wanted was to be that resident expert of their neighborhood and creating right. those campaigns. And I said, well, why don't we create a, a toolbox that yeah. they can play in Amazing. And, they, and they can come in and they can pick their zones. And if they don't know what they want, they can always reach us. And so yeah. Geophenom is sort of the geo fencing mm-hmm. arm of our business. Mm-hmm. And it's been fun to build that and watch it grow. Yeah. Um, and it has a lot of utility with retailers. Uh, think about quick service restaurants or restaurants mm-hmm. in general. Uh, one of the things that I, I found pretty interesting is during this pandemic time, as everybody's business sort of changed, uh, restaurants were having a hard time getting employees. You know, more people were sitting on their couches. Everybody, everybody was having a hard time getting employees. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it kind of switched gears from us focusing on driving that foot traffic in to purchase something, you know, whether it's a restaurant or a retailer. Yeah. To how do I attract somebody that may not be in the job market, but would be a, a good worker? Mm-hmm. And we started doing more recruitment campaigns. Yeah. Um, and and we saw a dramatic increase in the, the volume of leads that we were getting for potential candidates. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it has a lot of utility. 
And, um, you know, for instance, um, we utilize geofencing for a lot of our car dealers. Mm -hmm. And we will geofence all the competitors in the area. And when we geofence those competitors, we are able to offer them a special offer that is only unique to the message that we have to that competitor. So <laughs> that is really cool. Think about uh, <laughs> you, you go down the street to a Ford dealer and I'm messaging you with uh, an additional thousand dollars on your trade and just bring this message in. Yeah, yeah, down to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I then I can you. actually count the person when they walk through that's the door amazing. and they purchase a car. That's amazing. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's fun. And and so, you know, the one thing that uh, I speak about our business a lot and do a lot of conversations like this, but one, we're responsive. Two, each client is important, mm -hmm. unique. Uh, there is no small client. Mm -hmm. uh, three, you want a good partner that wants to be a part of your journey, mm -hmm. right? And I, and I think that's kind of what we do um, on a daily basis. And mm -hmm. so as you grow, we grow. Right. And so we have clients that we worked with for the better part of 10 years, even, you know, during my days at the post, they right. came to work with us and they continue to do so today because we provide value to what we do every day and we genuinely care about their business mm -hmm. and want them to grow. Mm -hmm. And so I mm -hmm. uh, would love to speak to anybody that's interested in understanding more about what we do and how we can help their business. So how do they find you? Uh, you can call me. Okay. And my phone number is 410-562-1983. And then we're going to add, we're going to add, we'll add links to your website. What is your website? Tell us what your website is. So there's mlomedia.llc.com. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. And then there's geophenom, which is G-E-O-P-H-E-N-O-M.com. Great. And we're going to put links to your website from ours and uh, folks can find your episode, uh, uh, on Podbean and link over, or they can find you on our website and uh, we'll have links to your website. So Alan Warren, thank you for coming in. Fantastic conversation today. Really appreciate your time. John, I really appreciate you having me. Good deal. Go out there and build something extraordinary. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>